When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to this rejoiceful, happy episode of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady, and you already know who I'm joined by today. My friend Kirby is back. Kirby Johnson, how are you? I am on cloud nine. I am just, I have propelled into the air. I'm spinning around like those effing fairy toys that the kids have. <laughs> That's me. The ones that used to get caught in people's hair. I know yeah. those. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so we were just talking about the fact that usually when we record together, especially when we talk about Britney stuff, it's like, you know, we've had some fun Britney moments on the podcast, but for the most part, it's usually pretty doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. It's usually us being really sad or very like shaken up by one of these, you know, 20 million documentaries that comes out every month. Oh God. And we are going to talk about the documentaries today, but first and foremost, we just have to say that we fucking freed Britney. Yo, Britney has been freed, <laughs> freed of the wrath of Jamie Spears. There's more work to be done, mm -hmm. but this, this is something that she has vocalized that she has wanted. And you know what? Thank God for her new attorney, Matthew <sighs> Rosengart. I'm, I'm sorry. Like Sam Ingham was with her for however the hell long and yeah. could not even do an ounce of what this man has done in 77 days. It is chef's kiss. Truly yeah. incredible. It really is incredible. It's wild to think like that she's just been, you know, sort of silently, not only silently suffering, but like having these conversations with her attorney, these mindless, endless, circular conversations that she knows are not really going to go anywhere ever for 13 years. Yeah. Just like the perpetual loop that she's been living in, in so many different ways. But like more specifically with the court system, going oh. to court, talking to the judges, talking to the lawyers, being evaluated, talking to doctors and knowing that the whole point of all of it is to continue this thing going. So it doesn't matter what she says or does. And yeah, he came in like 
like fucking Batman. And yeah. just, I mean, he really saved the day. Guns blazing. He was taking no prisoners. I love how he kept interrupting. Um, like I can't even, because I was, I was reading everything via Twitter. I didn't have right. access to like, listen to the actual audio, but all the Britney accounts that I was following were saying he interrupted Vivian or, you know, whoever yeah. I'm like, thank God someone needs to put these people in their place. Yeah. But I think that he was, he is an attorney looking out for his client. And I think that was the thing that had been missing with Sam Ingham yeah. for that amount of time because you know Brittany's like I didn't even know I could get out of this or even request to be out of this I mean mm -hmm. that's like the first thing you tell your client when you take them on again she didn't choose him which is like a whole other bag yeah. of worms to discuss and I know they mentioned that in a few of the documentaries as well but I said this yesterday in 2019 when the free Britney movement really was started essentially i know that there had been rumblings before that but when people were really starting to be vocal about it and the hashtag was created yeah. i was skeptical because what my greatest fear was and this is all looking back i understand why i felt this way it was the narrative that was presented to us as a public but i was like why i'm worried if we take away the conservatorship mm -hmm. it's going to be a detriment to britney and mm -hmm. the last thing I want is anything bad happening to her. Cause I just started thinking doom and gloom of 2008. Right. Sure. But I had a lot of amazing fans reach out and say, this is not about impairing her in any way or like putting her in harm's way. This is like looking at facts and realizing something is very deeply evil and wrong here. Yeah. If she truly had dementia or she truly was in this conservatorship and it was warranted, why is she performing and making millions upon millions of dollars for everyone else? Why does Jamie Spears get $16,000 a month and she gets eight? I mean, this is complete insanity. So I'm so thankful to those fans that really at the beginning rallied the Britney army and said, no, this actually is a problem. We need to die. People that were silenced people like yeah. the founder of breathe heavy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. th that whole story, I can't wait for him to come out and tell us everything, I know. everything. Um, yeah. I have so many thoughts of, of like, Oh, I wonder who's going to come out of the woodwork and be like, okay, well, since these NDAs are essentially null and void now, let's, let's spill some tea. Let's have a little cocktail and get into it. I'm so ready. And you're totally right. I mean, they obviously, and you know, you know, I've, you and I have talked about this before, but like they obviously used our ignorance against us. And I mean, who knew, I didn't know anything about a goddamn conservatorship before this. And in my mind, it was like at the very beginning, like you said, it was like, okay, a conservatorship means, you know, she's not sober and she's a lot of money and this will protect her money and you know bad people won't be able to steal it from her and her dad can like stop her from like using substances and like being out at right eight at 3 a.m i mean that really was my thought like same i was like same. you know maybe it won't last very long and she seemed miserable during circus and i was like yeah but like this will be done soon you know i was i was like her i was like this will be done when that tour is over and when the album cycle is done they'll be finished and she'll get her life back like there was no way and I you couldn't have paid me to believe that 13 years later she would be 
stripped of all of her rights and you know not able to buy a pair of fucking sketchers at the yeah, mall 100% I love that you brought up the conservatorship and not knowing because one commonality I saw with every documentary that's come out and even just with the fans is none of us had heard that term before before mm-hmm. 2008 like she really had banana breads publicist when it comes to like telling everybody, you know, how popular she popularized the conservatorship and, and, and helped people to understand what that actually meant, made us dig a little bit deeper. But at the time I'm like conservatorship. Okay. They're just worried about her spending her money and giving Mm -hmm. it away. I didn't know that all of her rights had essentially been stripped from her. And now, you know, knowing what we know, I feel not complicit because it's definitely not on me or any of the fans, but like, right piece of me in Vegas and I fully loved it. And I, I remember at one point thinking to myself, like, Oh, she doesn't look happy or she looks like she's just going through the motions. This is not the same Brittany. I know that performed, you know, for me in 1999 at one of her first concerts, the energy wasn't there. And then lo and behold, we find out like they're essentially drugging her, making her sure that she's taking all these medications right. um, and, you know, telling her things five minutes before she goes on stage, like, no, you're getting your phone taken away as a grown ass woman. So like learning all of this over the last couple of years, I'm just like this poor, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And I think what she said in her testimony was really great. Like, I'm glad she said it. Cause she even, she said, I can't remember the exact quote, but something along the lines of, you know, I was embarrassed Mm -hmm. and no, I didn't think anybody would believe me. And like, Brittany's a very fierce, sassy, strong woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was probably embarrassing. That's probably why it was never brought up because she just wanted to ignore the fact that somebody was raiding over her entire life as a grown woman, you know? Right. Um, And I think that the, the Brittany free Brittany movement is really at least partially responsible for her speaking up and feeling confident enough to do so. Yeah, I'm happy that you brought that up because it definitely, it's one of the things that's really stuck with me is her saying that she was embarrassed because I was thinking about just like, you know, the like the layers of that, of her being embarrassed. Like not only with the public, you know, she can't really like express how she feels or what she's thinking or what she wants to do or even like, I mean, there's so many layers to it, but I was even thinking about her sitting down and like doing all of those stupid, you know, pre-scripted interviews that she's been doing for 13 years mm-hmm. and then being like, Brittany, potato chips or Doritos? And like, <laughs> she, like she can't even really choose shit that simple or them no. being like, you know, what's your favorite vacation location or like, you know what I mean? How do you, you know, what's your favorite snack? And it's like, well, I have to ask permission to eat sushi and I might get denied for a week before I get it. Like, those are the things that are running through her mind while she's on, you know, Ryan Seacrest. And it's like exactly crazy to think about. And then on a, a much larger scale, it's like her industry peers, like her peers, her like producers that she's worked with, like writers, like are the other artists like she's taking pictures of Lady Gaga at award shows knowing that Lady Gaga knows that she's not allowed to speak to her without people around like it's it's embarrassing in a way that I can't even like my brain doesn't know how to rationalize it you know how I it was like maybe four or five years ago people, maybe it was around X factor time, but people kept on talking about how she just like would not, it didn't feel like the same Brittany. She would not 
articulate how she, you could tell she was holding back mm-hmm. in a certain um, like certain way. And at first I'm like, is it because she's like been so like withheld from, you know, learning social graces and she doesn't know how to interact with people anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. but now we know it's because she was told no, 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 no about everything. She's effing terrified to say the wrong thing for fear that she won't get visitation with her kids. I mean, the whole thing is just truly evil. Um, But all that being said, I have been dying to talk to you about these documentaries. Yeah, I know. Which one do you want to talk about first? Can we do the second part of the New York Times? Yeah. The controlling Britney Spears? Yeah. Tell me, what did you, what was your, okay, so just starting off, like, did you like it or not like it? Did I you liked enjoy it. it. Okay, good. Me too. I, I, en- I enjoyed it. it. Um, and I like that it was just a straight report. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was coming from one person's point of view. It, right. you know, even with the New York Times reporter that was interviewed, it didn't feel like it was from one viewpoint. I think that's why I, I kind of favor that documentary over the Britney versus Spears, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about the security stuff. Like the fact that security was in charge of giving her her medication. Yeah. And then obviously the mirroring of the text messages and stuff. I don't think anybody knew that. I think that was something that kind of was exposed via this documentary. We could mm-hmm. have assumed it, obviously. Like, right. If Jamie's doing all of this other stuff, why would that team not be like invading her personal privacy? But I thought they did a really good job of the first part kind of opened up the general public's eyes. Like, this is a problem that her fans have been talking about for two years. Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Here's how poorly she was treated in the media. And here's where she stands now. This particular part, I think, explained why this conservatorship is insane and unnecessary. Um, And then the whole black box thing. I mean, yeah, she's the biggest pop star in the world global sensation I would assume she would have pretty heavy security but them being like in her house like the the whole thing was just gross and I think they did a really good job of kind of explaining like this goes deeper than just Brittany not being able to drive like you know drive her own car somewhere yeah yeah like this is stifling to the point that like you're not a person living like a, you're not having like a normal human experience anymore. No, 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 not at all. Like this is now you're, you've become like a test subject. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people were sort of like back and forth on whether or not, you know, these documentaries were being exploitative. And like, I talked about this in, uh, the stages episode that I did with my friend, Zach, like I, you know, I think to a certain extent, like we're all in some way exploiting this story in some way. And I was, I was like, if the documentaries help, then like, let them release the fucking documentaries. Like if they help the court case, I mean, now, like it's, I mean, I can't even imagine what we, what we are still to find. We still are to learn so much stuff and it's going to be insane and people are going to be writing books and it's just going to get more and more crazy. Mm. But like, you know, the thought of not knowing the, like you said, the, like the tap, the phone tapping stuff and like, you know, looking through her notes app and her text messages and 
them, you know, bugging her room. That's stuff that people need to know happened to her. Totally. Like those things need to be shouted from the rooftop. Yeah. Like if we're going to make changes to conservatorships going forward, like these things need to be public. And at this point, I mean, you know, everybody's doing Britney content. I just don't really see the difference between, you know, Hulu releasing a documentary versus us doing a podcast. Like everybody's doing some form of, this is like the biggest story in the entire world at the moment. Totally. You're right. I do have conflicting feelings myself because I'm like, am I a part of the problem that Britney I know, I know, I know. want to perpetuate, you know, because I think you and I have discussed this on past episodes, but Brittany probably just wants to be a dance teacher in Calabasas, teaching four-year-olds how to do cute little dances. She doesn't want to be bothered. She wants to go to her Starbucks and pick up her venti drink in sandals and, you know, a messy bun. And she doesn't want people photographing her all day, every day. But the unfortunate part of that is that Britney Spears is Britney Spears. Right. And she will always have people looking at her and wanting to just be near her, you mm-hmm. know? So I try to balance it with, you know, as a journalist, I'm like the New York times doc, that was such a well-reported piece of this puzzle. And yeah. they did a really great job. They're not going to put anything out there that is salacious or that isn't verified in more ways than one. Like they can't just take a rumor and then say allegedly, because that's just not how it works ethically. I know that Brittany, well, can we talk about her Instagram? Okay. (laughs) What in God's green earth is going on, Troy? Because for a second, I thought perhaps she's running it now. And maybe people need to chill out, like assuming things about her mental health based on the way that she types her and and uses emojis and whatever. Mm Because I'm like, when I'm reading this, it reminds me so much of how share types on Twitter. Yeah. Totally. Like, it's just like minus all caps, you know? So I'm like, I can see how this would be like how she articulates things to the world. Right. But I, I don't, the, the most recent post where she was like, y'all, I watched the doc. It was before Britney versus Spears came out. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they didn't send her an advanced copy of that. She probably had no way to get it. Right. But after I'm, CNN I'm, though, which was like the worst one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I'm guessing, I mean, it could, it could be either one that she watched, but she was like, oh, I can't even remember because she changed the caption. She deleted yeah. it and then reposted the caption. And I'm just scratching my head going, is this supposed to make us think that she has lost it? And if so, I don't know if she's actually running her account, but then at the same time, you said something that spoke to me, which was she doesn't have to be okay with, like, she doesn't have to love these documentaries coming out that right. are commentating on her life Yeah, because it's her life, you know? Yeah. Um, and she's so, like currently uh, living it. Like, yes, you know, we're also spellbound by the whole, this like, it's crazy. Like we can't believe it, but she's like, I'm literally in the house right now with James. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love that you guys are loving Hulu right now, but like, I'm living this shit. Um, I, so like, okay, my current, you know, my theory changes all the time on our Instagram. My current yes. theory, the way that I'm, I'm rationalizing and making sense of it is that I just, I don't think, I think that Brittany is sharing her Instagram. I don't think she runs it full time. Me either. I think that she has control over some posts and, and then none over other posts. And that makes it more confusing 
right? Because there's like more than one person running a single person's Instagram account. So the inconsistencies just like pile up. I think that Brittany likes to repost old pictures and shit. I think that yeah. she looks through her camera roll and says, oh, I like my eyeliner there. I like my hair there. It's from seven months ago, but I'm going to post it. <laughs> I really do think that. And I also think that she is, we're watching her learn social media. Like we are literally, I was like, somebody the other day posted something on Instagram and they're like, remember when you were like post, like imagine if you right now were posting like you did when you were in like AOL chat rooms. Totally. Like yes. Paris Hilton taught her how to Google. She's yes. literally learning Instagram in real time. And it's like, you know, we have to like give her some grace. We do. You know I mean? We you do. Know what I mean? But yeah. I am excited to see post, you know, post-conservatorship, what her social media looks like. That's going to be crazy. Oh my God. Like, I'm like, okay. She, she posted like her naked ass and like <laughs> these topless photos of her cupping her boobs. <laughs> Surely that's with her own consent, right? Like that has to be her. We have a big problem, but then, you know, you see the, the, the captions changing nonstop and the deleting and mm-hmm. coming back. And I was worried. I did see a post um, from a Britney account where I think it was Sam's makeup artist on set somewhere okay. said something. And she said that Brittany has partial control of her Instagram. So some posts that she posts are her, and yeah. then some are like a social media team, which isn't actually too out of the ordinary because so many celebrities have that. Right. Um, and, and actually most celebrities, when you're reading their caption, like they didn't go and type out those captions and they didn't do the clever <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like they have a social media manager handling all that to be their voice and their cadence. So I'm not, too, I know a lot of people at the beginning were like, she's not running her Instagram account. And then they found the person that they thought was running right. the account at right. the company. And then they're just going after this poor person. I'm like, this person was literally just hired by the agency to yeah. run the account. Like do not kill the literal messenger (laughs) the literal messenger yes (laughs) (laughs) no I agree with you and you know I I think it like I said it'll be really interesting to see what it looks like after and you know when she has access to her money and stuff like I'm just anxious to see what kind of woman Brittany decides to be you know like I don't know um and I did also want to say as far as the the New York Times documentary what I really liked about it was that, like you said, the first one was obviously to get people up to speed and, you know, alert all of these people who have not been following this for a long time, like everything that's going on. I thought it was cool that they like kind of wasted no time. They were like, okay, we've done the first part. You guys know what this is now. Now we can like really get into like the nitty gritty of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the black box stuff was just absolutely psychotic and it was, yeah, it was just presented in a very just sort of like straightforward, factual, like this is what's going on at this moment way. Um, obviously, Felicia's part literally aged me a year. Like yeah. I suddenly had white hair and was an old crippled man. Like I, it was just, it killed me. Yeah. Um, but I thought upsetting. it was, it was really, really well done. I really liked it a lot, especially in comparison to the first part. Because I, you know, I had issues with the first part, but I thought this was really well done. Um, Well, tell me why you didn't really care for Netflix. Okay. So I do think Erin Lee Carr, like, has done some amazing work in the past. And Mm -hmm. she really is an advocate for women's rights. So I 
even though I was skeptical that this was happening, just like everybody else, I was hopeful because I think she's good at what she does. That being Mm -hmm. said, I don't think that the content of Britney versus Spears was bad in Mm -hmm. any sense. And I don't think that if, I guess for me, I just didn't find it very revealing of much. I know that she told the LA times that when the first New York times doc came out, they basically had to scrap and restart from the beginning and be like, we have to take this in a different direction. And, um, because she'd been working on it since 2019. Right. And I, and there were some things that she did bring to light. Um, but at the same time, I just felt like one thing I really didn't like about it was how they basically like printed out pictures of people and then put their names on them like a who done it like it right. was a murder mystery yes. it just it it felt a little like i don't know gauche in a way i i i was like oh i i don't like this like it also felt like aaron really made this like a personal thing so mm-hmm. at the beginning she talks about how like growing up she listened to Britney Spears nonstop. And for me, it kind of just took me out of it. Cause I'm like, so this is, is this from your personal point of view? And like, right. like, I just want the straight facts on Britney. I don't need this to be like a, an emotional tie to any one person except for Britney. Right. I have some notes that I took here. Um, I want to know where the F all the money is. It's just something that hasn't been covered in any of these documentaries. Where is the money? million in record sales from 98 to 2003. And then they go through all of the money that she made for the residency, all of this, you know, Jamie's getting $16,000 a month and only paying her $8,000 a month. Lou Taylor is demanding $500,000 to meet that one year that she didn't perform or whatever. I mean, where she has made bukus of money. And I can't remember the exact number that they're saying that she's worth now, like 70 million, 60. 60. That doesn't make sense. Am I crazy? Are you kidding me? That's like, that is literally a drop in the bucket in comparison to like Britney's empire. Yeah, like her legacy, her empire, the like the Vegas shows, all of these tours merchandise and the the thing about Britney is that she's never not been a relevant artist so Mm -hmm. like her music from 20 years ago has been consecutively making money throughout her entire career she's not like an artist that like is ever not in the forefront of pop culture young people know Britney's music like it's where is this money yeah where is the money I think that's one thing that has not been covered that I hope someone figures out. I mean, yeah. I think now that they're going to be investigating Jamie because yeah. obviously the news that he's been suspended versus terminated is a good thing because mm-hmm. if he was terminated, it's just yeah. wash your hands of it and he's gone and right. he gets away, you know, scot-free. In this case, he's he gets like what 30 to 45 days where people are going in there and uh, yeah. discovery going um sir where is this money being <laughs> i mean like with the that meme from it's always sunny or whatever where like, yeah, like the red marks where yes. is it um i did think that it was interesting that they were able to get sam lefty mm-hmm. 
Uh, and you know, also, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts about this, obviously. Yeah. And then Adnan, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. You know what? Watching this and, and, and hearing it from uh, their viewpoints, I do think Adnan specifically had a very good point that, you know, it was this man of color with a white blonde woman mm-hmm. who is a multimillionaire and the way the media positioned that mm. I think did not do him any favors, especially when it came to her family. Again, mm-hmm. her family is also from Louisiana, not saying that everybody from Louisiana has some kind of like racial bias, but right. you know, it's, it is what it is. So, we know the Spears family does though. It, it, yes. We just correct. do. 100%. So I, I actually kind of empathize with Adnan um, a little bit because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was, I don't know, t- a teenager, early 20s during this time. And I remember very much like he was the villain. Yeah. And I for don't no, really for no reason. No. And I don't think he actually was. Now, Sam Lutfi, on the <laughs> other hand, um, I don't trust that man. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to be, you know, like judgmental here, but there's something about him that just did not, it doesn't make sense for me. And Mm -hmm. I was texting with a few friends who still work in the industry and he is still managing some people and they're like, oh, Sam Lutfi is making my life a living hell right now. And I don't know. He, I think that he did have Britney's best interest at heart, like protecting her. Mm-hmm. And when you see things of him in the media, you can tell that he's like getting pissy with photographers and stuff and, and really is trying to protect her well-being, which I appreciate. I, I, I don't necessarily believe where there's smoke, there's fire, but maybe mm-hmm. like if you if you smell sulfur, there could be a, <laughs> a match lit. Like, is that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'm out of line saying that. Troy, what did you think? Like when you heard from Adnan and then you, you saw Sam, like what were your thoughts? Well, okay. Um, I was really, so I, I'm, I'm, I come from a perspective of, you know, I am like, I, I want to know all the things, right? Yeah. I just want to yeah. know all this stuff. And I know that people were very polarized about specifically about Sam even being given like a platform, right? Totally, totally. There were people who were like really into it. And then people that were like, this is awful. I already hate this documentary because she even interviewed him. Yeah. And I'm sort of straight down the middle where I'm like, I don't trust him. I don't want him anywhere near her. I don't want him to be allowed to communicate with her when she's free. Totally. You know what I mean? I really would hate, like, I, I hate even the thought of that, but I want to know all the stuff that he knows. Yes. I want to know everything yeah. he knows. I want to know, because unfortunately, he was basically the only constant in her life for an entire year. And it just so happens to be this very specific year that everybody is obsessed with. So yeah. it's like, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't think that he's a good guy. And I want to know what he has to say, if yes. that makes sense. I'm basically <laughs> in the same boat. And to Aaron Lee Carr's defense, what I will say is, you could not have done this documentary and not included Sam. Like if he was, if if you had reached out to him and he said, yes, you would be nuts not to have him sit down and, and say what he has to say, because you don't know, is he going to incriminate himself? Is he going to incriminate other people? You want his voice because he was such a prominent part of her life during this time. Um, And, you know, Adnan, 
especially like yeah oh yes okay you know what I mean like the stuff that we know about him and his discussions that he's had with Lynn uh the text messages between him and Brittany I mean that man knows some stuff and I'm actually most interested like I would not be surprised if there's going to be an odd and odd book coming out in the future like yeah you know what I mean extremely fascinated by with what he had to say because like I've always been interested in what Adnan thought because he's never really been allowed to talk and nobody has really had the sort of wherewithal to be like let's interview Adnan unless he's been turning down interviews for 13 years which I can't imagine no I think that it must have I honestly Troy think that he would speak out right but I think he is uh he's probably not allowed to in certain aspects and I also I mean, maybe this is me just thinking too (laughs) positively of him, but maybe he's like, I'm not trying to exploit Britney Spears. Yeah. I haven't spoken to her in however long. Yes, I was a part of her life. That was 13 years ago or maybe 10 years ago or or however long it had been since they've spoken. I want her to be happy, safe, and healthy, but I'm not going to exploit her in a way, unless I know that it's going to make anything change yes and I don't think that he would be even allowed to say anything remotely close to that yeah I agree with that it's like now that there's a whole movement in support of people being honest about what they've seen like I completely understand you know why maybe he waited like totally and yeah like you said earlier there are things that only he knows like that story of him being like we pulled up to the gate and that was when she realized that the conservatorship was like official and like that was basically her last moment of pure freedom was him in that car with her and her having a panic attack and knowing that when she goes in the house it's over like that is something like I want to know things like that you know selfishly just as a stand like I just want to like it's it's filling in all of these empty puzzle pieces that we've had for 13 years just to like be done with it you know um and yeah, I don't know. I, I really was, I was just interested in his perspective. And um, there was another thing that you asked me, I don't remember what you said. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I hate when I do that. But no, I, just in general, I thought the Netflix one, I kind of agree with what you said earlier. It was like from this weird sort of like, we're trying to make an emotional film documentary kind of thing. And you and I had this conversation when the first documentary came out, when there was talk about the about it coming out. And I had said, I just don't think this story lends itself to an hour. And even if you add 10 minutes Netflix, it doesn't really matter. This is, this needs to be broken down. Like Mm -hmm. take it from somebody who has lost his mind on this podcast, trying to do it myself. You Mm -hmm. have to break this down into parts. There are too many layers. It's too complicated. It's ever-changing. It's updating minute by minute. Like you said, she had to change, basically scrape the documentary because Britney is in, was in court yesterday. Yeah. It's like, how are you making documentaries about somebody who's like going to court the week after your documentary comes out? We need like a Britney news channel. Like instead of you know, CNN, it's like DNC <laughs> Britney news channel. And we just get updates all the time. People would subscribe. Let's be real. I, I'm looking at my notes because I took some during Britney versus Spears and I have to say, I think one of the most jarring videos and images that I'm, I'm, it was sad to watch, but I'm glad they included it was when she was being taken away in the ambulance and the paparazzi Mm -hmm. were literally 
actually ambulance chasing. Yeah. Down the street at the hospital. I mean, if that doesn't explain to you what kind of stress and scrutiny she was under, like she can't even go in an ambulance without people just trying to make money off of her image. It's just truly disgusting. And, you know, I think Adnan said this, that, I mean, they were getting like hundreds of thousands of dollars for these images of her, you know, it was crazy money. Um, I have this, I have this note just says, Lou Taylor, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Fee isn't fucking around. Like, yeah, I was scared for Fee. I'm going to be Me honest. Too. Me too. Everybody that appeared in these documentaries, I'm honestly like, do they need to go into witness protection? I do not trust know. that just because Jamie is, you know, is no longer conservator that like bad things aren't going to happen to some of these people. Honestly, it feels like the mafia. I am scared for Fee's well-being. She, I don't think she said anything that could incriminate anybody in particular but just the way that she responded to certain questions i was like mm-hmm. oh damn there's so much more to be said here that i wish she could say you yeah know? i know i know and like perfy she's like you know in like macomb or whatever just like alone in her little like wood paneled house i know um Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But yeah, the speaking of like, I just wish, like, I would almost prefer if they were going to continue doing these documentaries, it's like, just give me a full hour of people talking that know that knew Brittany. I don't need any of your storytelling. I don't need you to tell me when the circus tour was. I don't really need to know what album came out that year. Cause I know we know all those things. Maybe just let people talk. Like, let just, just let feet go let the the her old backup dancer let her talk like this yes. let people like that's the stuff that i live for is the people who were a part of it giving their perspective like that to me is like the thing that i was like ravenous for um the former stylist like yes. her stories were just so oh sad. so yeah. sad horrible her story about giving britney the tiffany's uh necklace and engraving her number into it like that is some literal spy movie shit yes yes that's what i want more of like i don't need to i don't need your narration about what the public thought of britney in 1999 i know i know i think that for me everything that's come out so far it's been made for the general public because they want to reach a wider range of people Mm-hmm. We have yet to have a documentary that really just caters to her millions of fans, which honestly, if somebody was smart, they would commission that and make yeah. it happen because she has enough fans. The numbers would be there. The advertising revenue would be there if that's what they're wanting. You don't, you know, I, when it comes to creating content and stuff like that, I, when I'm consulting with brands, I always tell them, don't try to make something for everyone because you're never, you're not going to speak to anybody that way. You have to make something with 
a person in mind or a type of person in mind or a demographic yeah. in mind and speak directly to them, make it as niche as possible. And then the people will come because yeah. you're actually touching somebody or they're relating to you in some way. I want a documentary where it is assumed we are smart and we already know our shit. Yeah. <laughs> and and, oh and now we're like talking about the money of it all. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, okay, I want to know like how her kids feel about this. Like, right. do they even oh know what God. the hell is going on? Can somebody get Kevin Federline to like give a statement at the very least though? And I'm, I'm not saying that the New York times or Aaron Lee Carr didn't probably reach out to K fed or, right. you know, her children. Um, but it, then again, her, her children, her children are obviously minors and that gets yeah. messy, but I just, I want some more information because I think that we're just cracking open all of the transgressions that have been made against her. Who do you think is going to get the first interview with her? Oh, it's going to be Oprah, right? Like there's no other way. It has way. to be. I think it has, there's no, I mean, this is a whole separate conversation, but like I talk all the time about how there's no, it's weird to live in a time where there's no like, um, there's no like Barbara Walters. Yeah. There's no, there are no people on television that I can immediately think of that are like the pillars of hard hitting journalism, interviewing, you know, um, people like Oprah and like the prime of the Oprah show. Um, I don't know. I don't know who it will be. It's like, I don't, Jimmy Fallon. I don't fucking know. You know no, what I mean? It's going to be Oprah. It's going to be Oprah. <laughs> I think it's, can you imagine if her first interview was with Jimmy Fallon? It would end me. It would honestly, it's going to be Ellen. It's going to be the oh finale of Ellen God. series finale with Freddie oh. Spears. And Ellen will make her do like the Gangnam style dance and that'll be it. They won't talk about anything at all. Ellen will make her cry, then make her dance. And then that'll be the end of everything. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, if I hope, I mean, Oprah's going to get it. Like there's just no other way. I don't want to hear from anybody else, frankly, unless it's me. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> get, literally, literally get me in there. I'll figure it out. But Oprah. I mean, I, I do, do agree with you though, that like, it's all in, if they made a documentary that actually catered to her fan base, people would lose their shit. And I think, I'm, I'm sure that they have reached out to Kevin, but like Kevin has talked to other people during, I mean, he's done interviews. He did an interview on, um, on like, I think it was like the Vlad TV YouTube channel where he did like a, a seven part interview about his time with Britney. And they talked about, you know, the way that they would call the paparazzi and how they would negotiate, um, you know, like at the beginning when they thought like, we're about to become like this mogul couple and we're going to be in charge of our images and like, you know, whatever. When was this? This was a couple years ago. This was even before Free Britney. Like he talked about this and oh, he shit. said like, you know, we were calling the paparazzi and telling, we were completely in control and like Britney really wanted to be you know, in control of everything herself. And if she was going to go somewhere and be photographed, she wanted it to be because she chose, she chose it to happen. Totally. And I just think it's all, yeah, it's, it's definitely like possible. Like we could get that. I think that it's a possibility that we could get that documentary. Um, and I also will say, I said this on Beyond the Blinds this week, so I'm repeating myself, but the one 
uh, content creator that I've seen that did do the work and did like an eight-part docu-series on Britney um, was a channel called Deep Dive. And they did one that went like kind of viral, I think, post-Free Britney where everybody started watching it because it was so well done, so well executed, left nothing out. It, re- it needed the eight parts because they were able to go really intensely into every chapter of her career and talk about all the stuff. And they've uncovered way more than any of these big giant budget documentaries that I've seen. And those are just a couple kids on YouTube. Wow. Wow. I mean, hire them, hire, somebody hire them, pay them a lot of money to make a, a documentary for your platform. Like let, get Amazon prime in this Brittany war. Like we need, we need people. So what there's been one on who two on Hulu. Uh, there's the Netflix stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get like peacock. Yeah. <laughs> Ring. Like get, let's, make it happen. let's make it happen. I agree. I want to talk to you. Um, finishing this up, I want to talk about like, I want to talk about post-conservatorship things. Like, what do you think, what do you think is like in a perfect world, in a perfect world of like Britney being happy and safe and like, you know, regaining her confidence? What does that look like? Like, where does she live? She obviously leaves LA. She leaves LA, correct? For the love of God, Britney Spears leave Los Angeles. Yeah. My God. It would be amazing if she could just move to Hawaii. I think she's obsessed with Maui and she loves the ocean and wants to be like a little water fairy. Move move to Hawaii and open up a dance studio, Mm -hmm. Britney's dance studio, Mm -hmm. you know, Spears Inc., whatever you want to call it. And then just be like a cool, older, auntie-ish dance teacher and help like small children (laughs) understand the basics of like dance um I I actually was thinking about this the other day like does she go through with marrying Sam yeah is she gonna that that happens have like a, a people magazine wedding like what is she gonna do I'm like what does this wedding look like do they elope do they does she have like a full-on wedding do they even get married does this even happen I mean I know that there was who knows exactly why she and Jason ended their engagement you know there's plenty of speculation about it but I know Sam has been with her through like the last I mean what they've been together like four or five years at this point yeah so it's a long-term relationship. They're clearly very into each other. He has been through sh- some shit. I'm, sh- yeah. I'm sure I want him to say some stuff. Like, what do you think about Sam? What do you think about him right now? Like currently? I love that he's so supportive of her. And I love that he has been vocal about it. Like he, ha- he could easily just be silent and be mm. like, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to say anything, but clearly he supports her. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, the thing with Brittany is everybody is, is always going to think that there's going to be nobody better for her, like, mm-hmm. or better than her, or even her equal. She's never going to have that equal that they want her to have. So I remember when they got engaged, you know, God bless Octavia Spencer, but she's like, get a prenup. <laughs> and I'm like, boo, of course. Hello. She had one with KFED. She's been around the block. Like yeah, this is a very rich woman. She's been a very rich woman, even before the conservatorship. 
she's not going into it without a prenup. And, and then obviously Octavia apologized. and was like, it was a joke. And I'm just like, I think sometimes people, cause everyone was defending Octavia and I totally get it. Like Sam said they were fine and they didn't care, but also like Sam's like trying to be a movie star. Maybe he's not trying to rock the boat with Octavia. Right. Spencer. Yeah. For me, I'm just like, when somebody gets married, if I'm thinking get a prenup or don't do it, that's not the first thing I'm articulating to them. I'm like, congratulations, beautiful ring. Yeah. And so many people were criticizing his ring. I think, I don't think it's an actual diamond. Um, I got a press release about it and I think it's like a, like a man-made situation. That's like better okay. for the world. And that's totally great. But people were kind of knocking him. They're like, there's no way that's real blah, blah, blah. He couldn't afford a ring like that. I'm like, how do you know? The we're man right makes- back where we start. It's almost yes. like we're back where we started. Totally. 100%. Like, people feel this weird ownership of her life and her decisions and who she dates and what she wears and what she does in her house. And it's really like, we, unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever learn with her, when it comes to her, not really. And you know, especially because for 10 years, I guess millions of people forgot what we did to her. I didn't know that everybody mm-hmm. forgot. So like mm-hmm. that during this whole thing I've said has been like the biggest eye-opening thing for me that I had no idea everybody forgot what happened. I, I really was like, I thought we were all living on planet earth where we remembered that we totally like, tortured her publicly and almost killed her. I guess, yes. uh, I guess not. So, you know, now it's like, we're right back at the beginning where everybody, everybody's invested in her life. She's being watched with under like a magnifying glass. Like it's really, it's intense. And I I really just hope for her own sake, she gets the fuck out of LA. Like, yeah, finally leave LA. I've wanted her to leave Los Angeles since 2007 but realistically is that gonna happen because sam is really trying to become like a mainstream actor i think that's always been his goal you know he probably started off in modeling so he could get into acting and i know that he has appeared on that what's that one show with i think it's with don Cheadle. um oh yeah yeah yeah. but you know i not saying that they wouldn't have the funds to like fly back and forth, but right at the end of the day, if he's really trying to make, make his career happen, he has to be here. So right. I don't know. Either way, she needs to move out of the house that she's currently in, put mm-hmm. it up for sale, demolish it, rebuild it, do whatever you got to do. But like that house is a house of horrors and it's time to move on from that, like wash your hands of it and go. And I just, I want people to allow her to be happy. I think they want this like Beyonce, Jay-Z level of like equality Mm. in the relationship, you know, where, you know, he's this OG rapper and mogul and she is like the blueprint, like pun intended, um, you know, being a, a superstar and having her own empire. And so, you know, it's like when we used to quote unquote ship Justin and Brittany. Like I feel like people are still living on that planet. And that's yeah. that must be a really nice planet to live on. Right. Because <laughs> ignorance is bliss. But it's like, who do you think? Who do you think Brittany should be with then? Like right. I know. And like I really honestly just like in a perfect world, I'm like, I want her to like, I would like for her to live somewhere where like she can just be like a Denise Richards mom, which is what I see for her. Like 
you know, just wearing her Birkenstocks and her ripped up denim with her hair in a bun. And like, she can like go to Costco and like not be bothered because the people in her town don't mind that she lives there. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. if she could just get out of like the minutia of it all mm-hmm. and not live somewhere where there are 70 people following her to a Starbucks drive through like that's all I want for her is to be able to just like go to Target like you know her favorite thing (laughs) and just like look around at Target and like I don't know just like be normal like just to think to acclimate in a place that allows her to even just like pretend she's normal maybe she should move to Montana then that's where everybody's going honestly the new celebrity spot just move to Montana (laughs) Brit Brit she can like live next door to Kanye and they will like confide in each other about the hardships of this industry. <laughs> they probably have a lot in common. Let's be real. For sure. Um, well, I guess, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we end about um, the docs or about the conservatorship or Jamie or anything? No, I'm really curious how her, her family, her mom, her brother and her sister are Th- like what they're thinking and how they're dealing they're with just this freaking out the jamie lynn is just like losing her shit. yeah she's not well at the moment um and then i know that the next hearing i think is november 12th and that's where they will decide if the conservatorship is going to be eliminated altogether mm-hmm. so we shall see more power to her attorney matthew rosengart this man he was wearing a pink tie yesterday. I'm like, you know exactly what you're doing. Like, we will die for you. We will actually die for you. Yeah. Um, I want him, I'm like, can I get an interview with him? I want him to come on my podcast. We, we don't even talk about entertainment. We talk about beauty, but I want to talk to him. Um, but yeah, I think the, what I expect is way more Britney content coming out soon yeah. because people are going to want to talk. They're going to yeah. feel comfortable talking now. Yeah, I agree with, I think books are going to start happening. We're going to start seeing more podcasts popping up or people appearing on podcasts. Um, People are going to start talking backup dancers, you know, other wardrobe people. Um, Get TJ. Find (laughs) TJ. Oh my God. And like, I would love to see like, um, yeah, like more, more backup dancers. I want more backup dancer content because those people Again, I said this with my friend Zach in the Sages episode. Her backup dancers were her family. Those were her real, like, the closest thing she's had to, like, classmates. I mean, those were, like, you know. The real the, ones. The real ones. So I would love to hear from them. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm excited. And I'm I'm scared. Like, I'm nervous. Same. Yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm really scared. <laughs> like, I really just hope that everything works out for her and, like, that this is, like, I don't know, just a positive transition into whatever her life is supposed to be. Yeah. My hope for her is that she continues living a quiet life, but on her own terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. And like we said last time, if Brittany decides, because there's still a part of me that thinks because this is all she's ever known and Brittany herself is obsessed with art and she's obsessed with entertaining and she's obsessed with like, she just is she just can't help herself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really do think that there's a part of her that's like, for after 20 years, I'm going to release music that I want to fucking release. Yes. I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm going to work with who I want. I'm going to cuss. I'm going to play instruments. I'm going to produce. 
I'm going to do weird music videos that are artsy fartsy and have fairies and sunflowers. I'm going to do all kinds of shit. I really think that that's also like ticking in her brain, honestly. Yeah, I I totally agree. (laughs) I I mean, I think it's, I, I would selfishly, I hope it's imminent. I hope that she is like, great. I can get to work on my own terms, but if she decides not to, I completely understand. She's given us so much already. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, Kirby, thank you so much. I, I need, I needed this. I feel way I've calmed down. I feel much Therapy. better. Yep. It was there. They're very therapeutic. I love um, it. Tell people where they can find you and your podcast and everything they're working on. Thanks everyone. Um, I am at Kirby Johnson. Kirby is K I R B I E on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you have social media. And then the podcast is gloss Angeles. It's a beauty podcast. We, talk about headlines, beauty launches, beauty drama, and then we have some amazing guests. So if you're curious about makeup, skincare, how the beauty industry works, come check us out. We're at Los Angeles Pod on Instagram. Well, thank you very much. Until next time, obviously you'll be back and I already can't wait for it. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.